listening to Splash with Shalene Bryan. Get ready to be splashed with love and laughter to rehydrate your soul. Well, hello, Splash family. Welcome to another episode. I'm Shalene Bryan here with my buddy, Barbara Cameron. Hello, everyone. Ready to splash you with a little love and laughter to rehydrate your soul. And today's guest is near and dear to everyone's heart. Yes, she is. Right. And I mean you listening, especially if you grew up in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> That's right. Come on. Come on. But before we get there, Barbara. Yes. Would you like to say hello? Hello. <laughs> Bonjour, everyone. Barbara, that was French. <laughs> were, were, were you in France lately? What are you doing? Oh, what? <laughs> Bonjour. I'd like to be. <laughs> wow. Um, oh. <laughs> buddy, you're killing me this morning. I know. We're killing I, I, I think, I think <laughs> our guest is inspiring you oh, to be too funny. Much coffee tonight. Yeah, yeah. This I drink morning. iced tea. Um, oh, but yeah. I want you to introduce our oh, guest today because I she is so. I love this girl. Yes. I just, just love her. And I. Oh, I met her when she was, oh, I don't know, 10 years old, I think. Mm. And um, she is just, I just want to share that she is one of the most loving talented, funny, with mm-hmm, impeccable mm-hmm. timing. Um, she grew up and is part of the She-Wolf pack. <laughs> Let's go. From Fuller House. That doesn't um, give it away. I just want to introduge you to Andrea Barber. Woo-hoo! Kimmy Hi, Gilbert on ladies. Fuller House and Fuller House. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for being in the Splash Zone with us. Oh, I love so you ladies so much. And I'm so excited to be on your podcast. And I just... I'm smiling so big right now. My cheeks hurt just because I love you guys so so much. And like Barbara said, I've known her since I was ten years old. Yes. So I've known I've known Barbara longer than many of my friends. Right. That, that's is that crazy? crazy? It's, oh, it's it, amazing how time has passed. It but. it is, and it was such a wonderful relationship. And I know you know all of us moms, we just um, hit it off and um, just. We're, it was wonderful being a stage mom. I think I mean, you have a mom wolf pack, okay? <laughs> you do. three moms we are do. fierce, yeah. No, seriously, when you see you guys in the audience, I'm like, don't mess with those three. And that's kind of how I feel when I see you, Candace, and, and Jody. Jody. It's like, don't mess with those three. They're bonded. They're th- when three chords are tied that's together, right. they can't break. Yeah, It's that's right. true. It's true. It's a, it's a very special and unique relationship, yes. unlike any other friendship that's right. I've ever had. And mm. it's, you're right, that bond is unbreakable. That's like, right. We, we can't get enough of each other, even when we're not working. We're always like yeah. on the phone with each other. We're trying to we're trying to make a lunch date for this weekend. Oh, like we're, we're always trying to get in, get in touch with good. each other, good, 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 make each other laugh. Yeah, I remember you sharing though, buddy. Remember yes. what the moms did? Yeah. See if Andrew remembers that on Full House and Fuller House. Um, you guys were extras. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, we were well, extras you, a number of times. I think it was during one of the. Um, Oh gosh, there were several shows, and then Robert and I were on the show together. You too. got Robert. Robert was on we the show. Yeah. yeah, we even kissed. We made out. <gasps> <on the> back. <laughs> what? Don't what you remember? in the world? Wait, I don't think I was in this particular episode. <laughs> yeah, they got yeah. the kids off the stage for that one. <laughs> wow, that was the, that was the show that Kirk was on, and they were playing um, football in the back. And oh yeah, 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 yeah. And so Robert and I had a walk on, and then we were to sit on the bench, and when we were kissing. 
Yeah, you oh always make you always yeah. have to make out on the bench, of course. <laughs> but this but season this of Fuller season, House, yes, it didn't was you, Mom? Fun. Yes, we were on the cruise ship oh. love boat, <laughs> the '70s cruise. Yes. yes, with Lindsay Wagner and Lee Majors from Six Million Dollar Man. I mean, it was. I was. My heart was just like pounding. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and I got a picture with them too. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I was reading in your book, Andrea, about your daughter Felicity mm. and how mm-hmm. she ha- got her big appearance. Yep. And then they, um, her and Jody, right? Jody, yes, Jody's daughter daughter's also. Uh-huh, but correct. were they extras this season? Yes. Um, I'm trying to Fuller think. House, right? Yeah, it was for House. Fuller. Yeah, for Fuller House. Felicity's been an extra twice. Okay. And Jody has two daughters, and both of them have been on at different times. So I think Felicity was an extra in like season three and four. But my son Tate was an extra. Oh, he two did times this season, and I thought that would never happen. He is he's so 15. darn cute. He is, oh my god! You know, gosh. he's like the cool sophomore yes. in high school. Yes, and he'd never shown interest before in being an extra, and then all of a sudden, like the last two episodes of the entire series, I got him in in a restaurant scene, and then another scene. Um, I can't talk I about that. yet. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I was just going to say, and I thought, oh, I can't talk about that one. <laughs> I know, yes, I know. I really want to, but we can't talk about that That's yet. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, I'll have to come back on we'll again after, in. after that episode airs. We're going to bring you into studio for that one. Yes. Um, yes. But Felicity, she how was so that cute. now? You're the mom on the set doing the work permit. I love how you wrote about this in your book. And you're like, um, how do you fill this thing out? Like, what's going on? And your mom always <laughs> took care of it when you were a kid. And now you're the mom with the kid. It was such a role reversal. And yeah, Jody and I were both like, well, how do we fill out a work permit? Like, we've never done this before. She's like, I think I, I think we need to call our moms and ask how to do the work permit. Aww. And there's things you don't think of. Like, you have to, you know, pick out their wardrobe and pick out, you know, no, no bright colors or, you know, crazy patterns and no logos and all of this stuff I never thought about. And then it's a early, you know, her... Her call time was 7 a.m., and so we had to get up at 5 a.m., and she's like, man, this isn't as fun as I thought it would be. And I'm like, I know. It's work. And in the that's back why of you your have mind, a work permit. That's right. <laughs> and in the back of your mind, mind, you're thinking, my mom did this for me every week. Mm. I don't know how your mom did it. I know, buddy. I just want to put a shout out to your mom because yeah. she is I mean, I think you got your talent from your mom. She is a wonderful writer, beautiful oh. writer. She's written um, uh, articles and stuff, hasn't she? In like the Orange County papers and stuff, or she was yeah. did something she's, like op eds. She's been a freelance writer, yes. forever, and she would submit stories everywhere: Reader's Digest, yes. L.A. Times, local yeah. newspapers. Uh, she's very, and very talented funny. and very witty. Funny, and I get funny, funny. Any, I say, in, I say in the dedication, anything that's good about me, I get from my yeah. mom. Like yeah. my, my comedic timing, yep. my writing skills, whatever it is that I'm talented yeah. with, it's from my mom, really. Yeah, she, I love. She is the best. I love how you talked about, it was so honoring to your mom too, how you talked about in your book, how when Felicity was on the show, you wanted to get a picture of your mom, you, and your daughter and have those three generations on the couch, the mm. full the full house and fuller house couch. Mm. And I just think, you know, those are the moments. I mean, this is what we put into other people as a wife and a mom and a daughter is the only thing we can take with us. Mm-hmm. And making those moments happen, I just thought it was beautiful. And yeah. here you are now just finishing publishing your first book. It came out in November, mm-hmm. full circle. Like, what a great title. Yeah. The book <laughs> cover great. is brilliant, yes, by the way. Wonderful. The whole, like a hula hoop. Like, I just love the whole thing <laughs> and you're in the middle of it. But it's okay. a memoir. I mean, it's, you, you, I know it brings up some really personal stuff. I yeah. I, I did the audio 
uh, Barbara. Mm-hmm, I listened mm-hmm, to it mm-hmm, when we drive on the mm-hmm, 101 freeway. Mm-hmm. And if you like to read that way, I encourage you to get the audio because Andrea actually reads it. Right. So her humor, right. her funny, everything. Right. everything. But what was so powerful was you were able to really emphasize this time in your life that was heavy and that prompted you to share. But I wanted to ask you a question the moment I finished reading the book, and it was, when did this start for you? When did you start noticing that you were getting depressed? Because it seems like you were young. Yeah, well, I realized in hindsight that I have been anxious my whole life. I just didn't have a name for it, and I didn't know that it could become so bad that it could become debilitating. So... um, I don't know when I first realized it. I just, I've always lived with it, but it didn't become debilitating until, um, well, after I got married and I started having children. And then I, you know, I think being a new mom, you're naturally nervous and sure. you're running on no sleep. So that makes you a little bit jittery. Um, but it was really after the birth of Felicity, my second child, that it got really, really bad. Um, the anxiety piled on top of worries, piled on top of depression. Um, I, I just kept sinking and I didn't, I didn't know that if you let it go too long, it gets really, really bad. And it got to the point where I couldn't get out of bed and I stopped eating completely. And, um, actually the only, only time I could get out of bed was just to go throw up in the toilet for mm-hmm. several hours at a time. And, um, yeah, I had, I had two young children at the time and my, my husband, Jeremy at the time was, um, a lawyer at a brand new law firm trying to impress his bosses and, you know, put in all of his billable hours, and it was just all very overwhelming. So I, I talk in the book about how my parents took us all in and and moved my entire family in with them mm-hmm. into my childhood bedroom, <laughs> and uh, they literally nursed me back to health. Like yes, my mom would take care of the mm-hmm. kids, and my dad would, you know, make me a sandwich and put it in front of me and say, "Okay, you have to eat this." And I'm like, "But I'm not hungry." And mm-hmm. he said, "But you have to eat." And you have to go like, walk. Get out. And you know, I love that in your walk. book. You yeah, talk you, about you go yeah. walk. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was, that was the beginning of my healing through physical exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, it doesn't seem significant, but it really is just getting outside the fresh air, going for a walk. um, And eventually that turned into running as a form of therapy for me as well. Um, So yeah, that, that, that was my low point. (laughs) That was one of the first of many low points. Um, But that's more importantly, that's when I uh, started to seek therapy for it because I, I I couldn't ignore it anymore. Um, I needed to be a mom to my children. So. And it started back when you were really, really young, like on Full House, right? Like Yeah, the throwing being, up. Being kids, anxious. The, yeah, being she'd anxious. throw up and then she'd go do her scene. Yeah. Like yeah. Lucille Ball. And, and no, literally, are, like you're the 21st century version of Lucille Ball. That's what I, now that Fuller House is wrapping up, I think you need to just do your own show. I agree. I mean, you know how to write. You wrote episodes for Fuller House. I mean, it's like you, usually people don't have writers. You are the writer. And oh, then you have exactly. the gift. Yeah. I'm just saying, I want to encourage you about that because yeah. when you did that scene of Lucy, I'm like, are you kidding that me? That was my favorite scene. It's oh, my favorite. Yeah, that my, was favorite my favorite when you play scene. her. Yeah. But you could take that on the road, girl. Like, go to <laughs> Vegas or something. Like, it's so good. You're not even, like, a little bit good at it. Like, you're great at it, you know? Oh, you're making me blush. No, Thank stop. You. It's true. Like, that's your lane is what I'm saying. Stay in that lane. It's amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> but I think what was crazy for me in reading your book, and it made me revisit all my friendships that are currently in my life, is that... I also met you when you were 10, you know, I've known you mm-hmm. since you, well, no, maybe a little later. I met Probably Candace when she was 15. Yeah, right. yeah. So 15, I started interning for right. you when I was 21. Mm-hmm. So I met you around 14, 15. And 
you were you always made me smile. And so people who make you smile or people that make you laugh, two things happen. You're drawn into them. Like you want to be around people that bring Mm -hmm. out that endorphin in you. And two, you never in a million years think they have a mental illness. I would yeah. never in a that's my own ignorance and I I hope people listening will know that just because someone is funny and entertaining and kind and loving doesn't mean they go home and it's funny. Their life's that's, funny. That's such a great point and that is a point I hope I drive home in the book too is that I had all the advantages in the world I came from a a, a great family, you know, we sure. had tons of advantages. Uh we had we had plenty of money to support the family and go on vacations and but but here I was, you know, being you know, struck down by this mental illness and these struggles. And so, you know, depression and anxiety don't discriminate. <laughs> doesn't matter. I love you know, how you talk about that. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are or what race you are or gender or class. It, it doesn't discriminate. And, um, yeah, that's such a, that's such a great point that you, you never know what battles a person is facing when you meet them. Uh, and that's why it's important to share and to feel brave enough and open enough to share your story if you're struggling. Um, and that's what, I, that's what I did with this book, and that's what I hope I'm inspiring other people to do as well. Wow. I know, because I, I feel like that's what your book really made me wrestle with in my own heart is, how do I connect with my community? How do I help people that are struggling with this? Because A, it's not easy to note it. Like, you would be the last person on that show that I would have said had a mental illness. Like if you had put out a board, I would have been like, mm-hmm. definitely not Kimmy Gibbler. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> not her. Okay. Because she finds joy in her socks. Okay. So no, not her. Moving to the next person. And so I think yeah. that it can disguise itself in ways. And when we love people well, which means we get into their hula hoop space, we get close enough to peel back that onion and allow people to be their true self and be vulnerable enough. I'm not saying that people can walk around and tell everyone at the market or the dry cleaner, oh, hey, I'm getting a tan. And by the way, I have mental illness. That's not going to happen. But there were people in your life that were close enough to you. And when did you finally have the courage to say, help, you know? Well, yeah, I'm very lucky that I had a great support system. And you're right. I wasn't, you know, going, I wasn't ready to go tell the clerk at at Target. But my parents, I always felt open enough to tell my parents anything. Um, We have a very special relationship and Mm. I know that's not the case for everybody, but what's important is to find the the, the people that you can trust, those mm-hmm. people you are intimate with. Um, and I was felt very comfortable telling my husband and my my parents. They were the only three that knew for a very very long time, and I went silent. You know, I kind of went dark on my friends. Um, sure, I went silent on social media while I was healing and going through therapy. And people would ask, they're like, you know, why have you been so silent? Where have you been? And I would blow it off. Um, and then one day when I felt comfortable enough and felt like I had a, a handle on my life again, um, I wrote a Facebook post and just sort of highlighted the things I was going through. And I was very honest. And um, all of the things that I feared, like judgment or criticism or rejection, none of that ever appeared. All I got was support and love and acceptance. And it that was a big turning for me that I didn't have to keep this secret anymore. Right. It wasn't mm-hmm. a dirty, shameful secret. It's just a part of me. I have anxiety. I have depression. That's okay. That's part of me. You know, I, I have a lot of great qualities too, in addition to the challenging qualities. And um, those that know me and accept those things, those are that's my tribe. 
you know, that's that, right. those people are in my tribe and I, I want to keep them close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so good. Because I do, I think about people like even Robin Williams, mm-hmm. who, I mean, makes you laugh till you cry. Mm-hmm. And no one, I mean, meaning the audience, because you're in the public eye, Andrea, would have assumed that he was going to take his life. Right. right. And it's right. so courageous and brave of you mm-hmm. that, and, and then on top of having that going on, you, Jeremy's like, uh, this isn't working. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? What? She's in a freaking mm-hmm. pit. Like, don't put the dirt <laughs> on top of her right. face. Right. You're so honoring, by the way, in the book. And yes. I was screaming at my car when I'm driving, when I'm here. And I'm like, my husband also is a lawyer. And I just, I'm just kind of like, oh. And yet <laughs> I was, you know, here you are at low. And it's like, okay, yeah, now let's kick a divorce in here too. You know what I mean? And yet- you crawled out from under that. And I, I know our listeners know, Barbara mm-hmm. and I share for 2020, we each have our words. My word this year is healthy. Um, mm-hmm. Last year, it was the word was listen. And this year is healthy, like mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Um, what would you say your word is for this year? Um, I'd say my word is peace. Mm. Um, and not, not world peace, although that's great too. But I would say just peace with myself, you know, feeling at peace with um, flaws that I perceive or or things that I still struggle with. I just want to feel peace and acceptance Um, or peace with other people that I'm struggling with. You know, I I just want to feel uh, inner peace, I guess. That's Mm kind of what I, it's more of a phrase than a word. I want to feel that inner peace. And where Um, does your peace come from? um, Good question. I'm you're like, that's what I'm working of, on. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you're making me think here. No, I'm, I've been meditating a lot. I've really started to love the practice of meditation. And I call it a practice because, you know, it's not easy. And I, I'm still not great at it, but I, I practice every single day. Um, and that kind of gives me the time to just clear out my head and clear all the voices and the stress and the schedule and the clutter out of my head and just come back to myself and I I don't even know how to explain it, but I just love taking 10 minutes every day and recentering myself um, and sort of reconnecting with my spirit. And there's something about it that's very cleansing and Mm -hmm. it's a great way to begin your day or end your day. Um, Usually I do it at night after the kids have gone to bed and I just, I feel better afterwards. And so I think that's how I, you, you kind of rediscover what's important when you take that time to find that clarity. Um, and that's how I'm, that's how I'm discovering and, and trying to achieve that inner peace this year. That's awesome. I know you shared in your book, like just some tools that help you overcome, you know, depression, anxiety. It's not like you just flush them away and you're like, okay, I flushed it. It's never going to come back. I mean, there's things that can trigger any of us. I mean, there's times I'm depressed. There's times I'm anxious. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to, you know, but the reality is it's a new day and there's still air in your lungs. Shalene, get up. Your life's not over yet. Um, but you found that running, um, you're an avid runner. I mean, you've right. done like over 30 marathons, girlfriend, four, <laughs> four half marathons. Like I'm reading this half and marathon. I'm throwing up in my mouth right now. <laughs> you did the Disney one. You did that. I'm just like, okay, I'm tired. Let's stop. And I was just reading that you did a hand, 10 Ks. Like you would run and 
share a little bit about that. I mean, did your therapist encourage you to do that or is that just something that you did or you just love in and out so much that when you're done, you grab a double double, you know what I mean? Oh, I mean <laughs> which is your favorite. But, <laughs> it um, is my, that is my, that's my guilty pleasure. Right exactly. <laughs> well, my therapist encouraged physical exercise. She didn't state exactly what, but you just find what it is, whether it's yoga or, you know, going to the gym or strength training, whatever it is, she's encouraged me to find a physical outlet. And I, I couldn't find it for a long time because I hate the gym. Like I hate, I hate, they make me I'm there. anxious. I like I just too. don't want to touch the machines and I don't like people looking at me. And, oh, I just, I, ugh, I recoil when I think about gyms. But um, I had friends who were getting into running and wanting to run all these Disney races, these races that go through Disneyland. Like through Disneyland, buddy. Yeah, it's really cool. You go through Disneyland, you go past the carousel and, you know, under the castle and it's, Oh, wow. Fantastic. So my, you I, shared so funny story in your book. You go, some people stopped and started taking pictures. You're like, let's go, people. We're in a marathon here. Because if you don't get to the race at the end, you you don't get to get your medal. Like, you have right. to make it by a certain time. That well, was you hilarious. Get, you get swooped. Yes. Yeah, if you're you get, not running fast enough, you get swooped up by the, the cart of shame. As Hop they call in, it. car of shame. Car so, of shame. And so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you told that story when you had to pee. I was dying. So in her book, she talks about she's running this marathon. She's like, I really have to pee, but I don't want the car of shame to come. So then she sees an Andy gum. She's like, I'll just, I'm, just, I, I can't keep running because I have to pee so bad. So she goes in to pee, thinking it's just like thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. She finds out like she was in there for three minutes. She's in so much pain just to sit down and then to stand back up. Your legs are screaming like stop, and you finish. And I'm just like, ah. Oh. Wow. Forget Brittany runs a marathon. I'm thinking Andrea runs a marathon. (laughs) I was just like, oh, that was just such a good visual for me about when you're doing hard things Mm. and you finish. That's right. And running running has become that metaphor in my life about I can do painful things. I can do hard things. And I will be stronger because of it. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of saying, why me? Why am I? Why was I plagued with depression? Why? Why me? I'm. I'm asking, but you know what? Because it's proven to me that I'm stronger. I'm stronger than I thought I was. Right. And the same thing with running. It's it's setting a goal and going out there and and not not just the the mental clarity of clearing your brain and the meditation of listening to your feet pound on the pavement. Um, it's it's just a wonderful beautiful thing to realize that you're stronger and you know, than you think you are. Yeah. And you know what? I, it makes me think, you know, like, why, why me? And I'm, I'm right now, I'm in a valley with my sister who's got leukemia. Oh. And it's like, why me? Why her? And yet I look at that, Andrea, in the platform that God has given you. Mm. He has given you a platform to be able to go through that valley and to rise up above it mm-hmm. and be able to be there for such a time as this for our listeners today and through your book. You are a testimony totally. of healing and um, hope bravery, and bravery and courage, everything. Uh, to be able to help others out there. And I love that verse too in the Bible. It says, God's power is made perfect in weakness. Yes. And when I am in a funk, I'm like, no, Shalene, actually, you've never been stronger. Like cowgirl the frick up, okay? You're stronger than you ever imagined. And so when I'm hearing you talk about how empowered that makes you, oh, this is just, the sky's the limit for you. This was something that was not a setback. It was actually a setup for you to bring a voice to this yes. so that people can start examining their own friendships, their marriages, their, their coworkers, and looking at them through a different lens of just, no, she's always good. Becky's always good at work. She's fine. She's fine. She's fine. Because I would have said Andrea's fine. 
Right. And I would have been dead wrong. That's right. And I considered you a friend. Like every time I went there and I'd hang out, I mean, your dad gave my husband the best <laughs> advice is why he passed the bar exam the first time. He goes, take two months off, Bryce. Just take two months off and study for that bad boy and take it once. And Bryce yeah. passed the bar the first time. Every time I see your dad, I'm like, thank you. You know, my husband's been a lawyer 20 years. I'm still like, thank you. Um, but it's, it's amazing how when... God's not saying oops when he brings people into your life. I believe they're divine appointments and people brush up against each other and we meet each other because we're meant to run this race together. This is a freaking race that we're in. We 10 out of 10 people die. We're all just exiting here. But while we're still here, what can I put into other people as a wife, a mom, a neighbor, a friend, a coworker? Am I splashing them with love and encouragement or am I sucking the freaking life out of them? And don't even know that they're in a in a pit themselves. Mm. It's your book really makes you examine your 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 community in a mm-hmm. way I had never before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think you're so honest in it. The resp- everyone everyone says like you know that there's there's a hotline. Here's a hotline number. Call a hotline. Yeah. If you're feeling down, and I thought, oh, it's so hard when you are in the depths of depression. It is so hard to pick up the phone and make a phone call. Like, that you. is the hardest thing in the world. So I really think the responsibility is on is on us. It's on us to listen and pay attention to what our our husbands, our spouses, our friends, our coworkers are going through. And if something feels off, speak up. That's and right. don't just say, hey, how are you doing? And then move on. Just say, hey, look them in the yeah. eye and say, hey, how are you really? Really? Like, tell me really, yeah. how are you? And if something doesn't feel right, speak up and ask them, say, what can I do for you? Can I sit mm-hmm. with you in silence? You know, can I hold mm-hmm. your hand? Can I mm-hmm. make a phone call for you? Whatever it is, I think the responsibility is on the rest of us who aren't suffering at this moment to reach mm-hmm. out to other people yeah. when when they are weak and yeah. to help help them help help hold their hand and, right. and bring them along with us. Because it can flip in a, in a, in a minute, and you could be on the other end of that. Exactly. You know, like Barbara, you mm-hmm. just found out your sister has leukemia. I know. Now it's like life after why. Now what happens? You know what I mean? So you're in the why. And I I just, yeah, your book was so helpful. I know one of your guilty little pleasures, and Barbara has a little um, fun fact for you too, is watching documentaries, which I love crime documentaries. Mm -hmm. So anytime you want to do a binge, I'll come over. But you also love anything royal. Like I love Crown on Netflix. I love all those shows. (laughs) But Barbara, tell her your fun fact. Listen to this about Barbara. My fun fact is I am the 12th cousin removed of Princess Diana. What? Yes. So you've been around royalty your whole life, sister. What? <laughs> she How did, did I not know this? She <laughs> did one of those Ancestry.com thingies. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to curtsy the next time I see you. <laughs> You're so this funny. This is amazing. Twelfth cousin removed, yep. Princess Twelfth Diana. Cousin. Twelfth That's cousin. really close. That's like that is Twelfth cousins removed. That is actually very close. That's not close. so bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. You got, wow. good, you got royal blood in you, my buddy. My mom, yeah, my mom came from the, uh, her her mother and grandmothers came from the Isle of Jersey. In, yeah. Wow. That's wow. way over there. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, you got to run with this. I'm if, telling you. You should insist that everyone call you, you know, Her Royal Highness, Barbara Cameron. <laughs> oh, they you. already do. <laughs> <laughs> so great. It's Queen so B. great. <laughs> so I know you talk about in this season right now, but now that Fuller House is finishing, we're waiting for the big finale to come out. Mm-hmm. What are you getting excited about? I'm excited about, I want to do more writing. Yes, you know, I've been, please. I've been promoting this Please do this. <laughs> 
Oh man, and I'm just itching to get back into it. And I want to—I I wrote so much about myself, and now I'm like, I want to write fiction now. Now I want to make up stories. Yes, I was very honest, and I—I I really would love to write books for middle schoolers or you know young elementary school. You know, Felicity's twelve, and so I would love to reach out to that mm. age range and mm-hmm. talk about. Um, the Kimmy Gibblers of the world, you know, the kids that don't quite fit in, the kids that stick out, the kids that aren't comfortable in their own skin. Um, you know, Kimmy Gibbler is a great muse in that way because she definitely didn't she didn't fit in. She uh, was ridiculed a lot, but she loved herself mm, yes, regardless. Yes. You know, she never wavered in who she was. She just owned it. And that is such a positive role model for young children today. And I... People tell me all the time, growing up, they admired Kimmy Gilbert. That's right. Very qualities. So I would love to take that and, and create a character or write fiction for young kids, for adolescents, and talk about self-love and just accepting accepting yourself, finding that inner peace with, yeah. with yourself. Um, I think... I think I'm going to go in that direction. I don't know. There's, I love it. I'm, I'm figuring that out right now. Good. But writing is definitely on the agenda because I, I found so much fulfillment in writing this book. What was the name of the episode that you wrote just for our yes. listeners? Because I want them to be aware of the one you that. wrote for Fuller oh, House. Yes. Well, it hasn't aired yet. No. It's, okay. um, it's episode 13, season five, and it's called College Tours. Love and it. I was very excited <laughs> to write this one because, yes. you know, I had a lot of stories about you know, uh, DJ and Kimmy take Jackson and Ramona on a college tour. That's right. And, um, you know, there's some there's some fraternity antics and, some, yeah. you know, campus was, antics. It was, yeah. and it was really, really fun to write. It was unlike anything. It was any uh, it, it was it blew my mind. It blew my mind. I thought I knew everything being an actor. I was like, oh, I've been doing I've been acting in the sitcoms for, you know, 30 years. It was like, nope. It was difficult. It was so hard to start from scratch, <laughs> right? And to get inside the head of these characters, you know, these characters that I've known for thirty years. It oh, yeah! Still so cool to to put words into their mouths and then to see the actors saying these words that I wrote. Like it was, it blew my mind. Mm. It was one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to do, That's and awesome. I'm so grateful for that. It's neat to hear you say that because technically you retired from Hollywood at 18 mm-hmm. years old, right? And right. then you, you can't come back for Fuller House. And it's so neat to hear you staying because they don't just let you write a script because you're a great actress. Sorry. Just like Candace. Right. She did a bang up job as a director. Oh my and gosh. it's like yes, she, she studied that thing. Like I was so proud of her. Yeah. And then when I saw your script laying on the table for the table read, I was like, you go. They don't go, oh, sure. You want to be a writer? Here you go. No. Mm-hmm. You're gifted and you have a talent and I don't want you to see you bury it. So yes, write the books, write the scripts, write the shows. And I also think you need to write something for yourself, like a a one act thing that you do and people can come see. It's you know, so you're not the hilarious first to say that. Great. Other well, then listen. That too. It sounds terrifying. <laughs> no, it sounds terrifying. What do you but... mean? You do it every week on the show. You come I know, out there and I you know. pull the whole thing off. I don't know why it sounds terrifying. It sounds exhilarating, <laughs> but also terrifying. But you know, you're not the first person to say that. Good. To me. So good. I think I, I won't be the last. This, I got to take this seriously and really yes. put some thought into that. People love it. I mean, you bring mm-hmm. joy and and you splash, you know, laughter, and that's good for everybody's soul. 
It's so important that we laugh Mm -hmm. and we even laugh at ourselves and those deserts that we're all in. um, Guess what? The desert, the valley, there's also peaks and mountaintops. And so you have to go through the season then to appreciate when you come out the other end. And one of the things in your book that was so honoring was the way you spoke about your husband, um, Jeremy and his new wife Mm -hmm. and how you were so honest about coming to grips with that. And then actually coming out the other side. I mean, you guys just, you go to games or, sh- or shows together. You'll, you'll show up at events and then your daughter goes, mom, why aren't they coming on the Disney cruise with the Barber family? <laughs> I mean, like you've done it so well that yeah. she doesn't even re- realize that like this yeah. is her normal. That's Felicity's normal. So mm, she's like, right. you know, I love how you share that in the book. And I, I think that that's the goal for most people. But the reality is, is we can't get past ourselves. It's yes. very hard to die to self and humble yourself in a way that you love someone well, which means less of me and I have to consider others more important than myself sometimes. And you're doing that as a mom. And that is a really a beautiful picture. Well, thank you. It was hard it was hard to get to that point. I'm, of course. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I spent a long time being very angry and resentful and that was such a negative space to live in. And it was it was killing me. Like it was mm-hmm. draining me and I wasn't able to be present for my kids and I wasn't, it, it, it was just, ugh, it was this poison growing inside of me. And so when I finally, finally let go of that anger mm-hmm. and resentment and just said, okay, this is, this isn't what I thought my life was going to be, but this is what it is and I'm going to accept it and embrace it. And, you know, Jeremy and I aren't married anymore, but I still love him for the father that he is to my kids. Right. And I respect him and I love his wife for the love that she gives my children. So, yeah. Wow. It's, yeah. It's, wow. It's, when you finally get to that place, it is just a beautiful, beautiful place to reside. And um, we do. I, so, I, I, yes, we do it for the kids, obviously, number one, but I didn't realize how much I needed that myself. To have that release, forgiveness, releasing that right. anger, mm-hmm. yeah. um, it feels and it feels good. Yeah, it's it's yeah. forgiveness. It's yeah. saying I'm releasing you yes. from the damage that was caused when you injured me. It's not that you weren't injured or that that wasn't a tough time or that you're sugarcoating it. It's that I'm going to release you because if I don't, it's going to rot me out inside. Yeah, mm-hmm. and exactly. I love how you share in the book too. Um, not only the great stories just from, you know, everyone in the pool at Jeff Franklin's to you, you know, you and Candace and Jody doing your thing, but that you still struggle with anxiety every day and depression, but you're and depression, but you're finding ways to progress, you know, through your meditation, through your, your therapy, through running, through, um, the things that allow you to find focus. Mm-hmm. It's yes. Yes to all the things. And I do those things every every single day. It's a lifestyle change. It's right. not like you can just pop a pill and feel better in a few weeks. No, no it's a lifestyle change. Um, and it's you mentioned Candace and Jody, and yeah, it's so important to surround yourself with people that accept you for who you are and lift you up when when you need it. And so the you know being being back in Hollywood after a twenty year break was terrifying and doing red carpets and interviews and going on the Today Show Mm -hmm. live was terrifying and I was so anxious about it and Candace and Jody just they took my hand and they were just like you got this like we are here we are here right beside you you got this and we're not going to leave we're not going to leave your side. That's interesting because I remember you sharing in your book um, about a time when Candace was wanting to get you on the show was that on The View? 
Um, what show was no, it? No, that was a different, a different show. That yes. was a different show. I don't, and I don't remember. The that's name. okay. It doesn't matter. But she was wanting to get you on. And then you finally, the two of you talked. Tell me how Candace inspired you as a friend. Give our listeners ways that they can understand what true friendship is and what a friendship's like. I just need something from you. And if you can't do that, I'm never speaking to you again. Um, because that's not the friendship you have with Candace and Jody. And you mention it in your book. And tell me about how Candace has inspired you as a friend to, to go through hard things. Yeah, we, she was, as soon as we had so many conversations about disappearance and trying to schedule it and figure it out. And it was just causing me more and more stress because my life was my marriage and my life was falling apart and I just wasn't ready to go public with it. But I finally just stopped and I, I just was honest and I said, look, I'm going through a really hard time and I can't commit to this project anymore. And she dropped the topic immediately. She was like, mm. we're not talking about this show. We're not talking about this appearance anymore. Um, just consider that done. And I'm here for you. I'm here for you to listen. I'm here to give you advice. I'm here to help you walk through this hard time. Um, it was, it was just the most understanding and non-judgmental way. Um, it, it's the most I could have hoped for out of a friend. She was, mm. she was wonderful in that way. And she, you know, gave me advice for, um, for, she gave me marriage advice and advice about, being a wife, and then when that was no longer applicable, when you know the divorce was going through and it was becoming final, she was just my my strength warrior. She was my girlfriend, and she was mm, just right. like, "Come over, let's have a glass of wine. You can mm-hmm. sleep over at my house, right. and I'm going to distract you, and I'm going to distract you from all of the negativity that's happening in your mm. life, and we can just laugh mm. for four hours straight." And mm, it was just great. such a wonderful refuge. She was a wonderful refuge for me during a time when I really, really needed it. I love that. Well, last question. You've been such a blessing. I want to know for you, because I know what my funniest episodes are on Fuller House with you, but for you playing Kimmy, do you have, what are your top two? Top two for Fuller House? Or yes. Full, full well, house? yeah, can I have one of each? One for Full House and then one for Fuller. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> my favorite episode of Full House, uh, was the one where DJ forgets Kimmy's 16th birthday. Oh. Yes! Oh, it's such yeah, a fun episode was... because oh. the Tanners throw that, yes. they throw together a last minute party with a hash brown cake and yes. toilet paper streamers. And Kimmy's just so happy. She just loves it. You know, she loves it because the people she loves are, are, are throwing a p- party in her honor. And she mm. doesn't matter that it's toilet paper streamers. She loves these people. Mm. Um, and then when she figures out it was all a ruse, she gets genuinely hurt. And it was, one of the only episodes at that time when I actually got to show some genuine emotion. Mm. You know, usually Kimmy Gibbler is the one, you know, she's the one-liner. She's the comic relief. Um, I had been that for so many years, and finally I got to show uh, a different side to Kimmy Gibbler. And mm. I just loved that episode so much. Um, and then in Fuller House, <laughs> it's so hard to choose. I know. So it's many. so good. So many, but the one that sticks out the most is the Nutcrackers episode where Kimmy (laughs) takes over as the Rat King in the Nutcracker Ballet with her daughter Ramona. It was amazing. It was so fun. I was working with an actual ballet company, and, you know, I was trying to learn the ballet moves, but they ended up just saying, okay, just 
Just do your thing. You want to do, do Michael thing. Jackson moves? Do Michael Jackson moves. You want to do the shopping cart choreography? Do the shopping cart choreography. You know, you want to do the Gibbler Gallop? Do the Gibbler Gallop. And so it was so fun to just completely wreck this ballet and do my own crazy dancing and then have multiple death scenes with the with Ramona playing, so you know, the, the other rat king or whoever it is. It was just, it was so fun getting in a rat costume and doing these hysterical uh-huh. This hysterical choreography. It was amazing. Yeah, that was so pinnacle. Yeah. Pinnacle Kimmy Gibbler stuff right there. Totally. I and your <laughs> physical humor is so good too, besides your timing. And so it was like that, that episode was so good. You guys listening, you gotta go watch that episode. Yeah. Which season was that? That I believe that was season, season two. two. Okay. Yeah. I think that was yeah, that was season oh, two. I don't remember goodness. which episode number, but it's but called the Nutcrackers. You can't miss it. Yeah, yeah. the Nutcracker. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for joining us in the Splash Zone. Oh, this was so much oh, fun, Andrea. You guys, for just, I love you guys so much. Love this you was too. so much fun. Yeah, and just, thank you for just being so brave. I mean, oh. that just you're just brave and you're courageous. Mm. And just for sharing your story, your book, your life, and, and coming full circle, as, yeah, as you would call right. it. And if you want to get her book, it's everywhere books are sold. Amazon and Barnes & Noble actually is doing a an autograph special with her book where you can get an autograph copy. I would love to get an autograph copy and give one away to one of oh, our yeah. guests. We have the book, so I'll just send it to you. But And if you want to stay in touch with her, with Andrea, she's on Instagram, Andrea Barber. Until next time, we want to have you live in here because I want to talk about the finale of Fuller House. So next time we'll have you come in person to studio. But thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of us. And until then, splash a little love and laughter on your community this week. Thanks for joining us today. Come splash with us at shaleenbryan.com.